Calling all benders and non-benders alike. Jump into the epic world of Avatar with your favorite podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Each week we'll recap and discuss a new episode. So come join us and our amazing guests from creators to cast to superfans to chat about all things Avatarverse. It's Fire Nation time. Book of Fire. Let's go. Listen to Avatar Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. to the Umbrella Pot Academy. Today, our lesson will all be about parables, things that mean things that are other things like scorpions and frogs and whatnot, and we're going to learn important lessons about that. I'm Alex. Yeah, we're going to do some stuff. You have your agenda, but I have my agenda. In the back of the class, boys are up to no good. So, (laughs) watch out. I'm Justin. I'm Pete. And you are listening to The Back of the Class Boys, the podcast all about the <laughs> Umbrella Academy. Just kidding. This is Umbrella Academy, And we're going to be talking about the Majestic 12, another fun, I would say, episode of season two. I enjoyed Great this one quite. Great up. Good fights. Great, funny yeah. stuff. Good lines. Uh, as you know usual. What? What, Pete? I was just going to say what's nice when you like an app, you don't split it into halves or quarters or whatever bullshit. You take it as it is. So it's nice when you like an app, but I don't have to get too angry. No, no, no. I still split it into halves. It's just the first half was good and the second half was good. That's 100% right. That's the way. This This away from me. This conversation is emblematic of normal people interacting with each other. (laughs) Let me just say that. This is how normal people, journalists review normal. And yeah, what is that? Uh, You should watch the show Normal People. It's all about this. Yes, exactly. It shows how normal this is. And then they fuck a lot. (laughs) Whoa. No, thanks. Uh, Yeah. You would love it, Pete. It's like a romantic comedy without all that talking and love stuff. What? <laughs> uh, I'll tell you what. I've read the book of that. Book's great. I watched the first episode. I love the first episode, but I've been very nervous to watch the rest of it because I know how much graphic sex there is in it, and I just keep worrying about my kids coming down in the middle of me watching. Yeah, Nice. I loved it. It's definitely worth watching, and those kids got to learn sometime. All right, that concludes the first section of our Umbrella Academy <laughs> podcast where we talk about other shows. Moving on to the recap for this episode of Umbrella Academy. Uh, as usual, spoiler warning, we're going to zip through what happened to the episode, then talk about some specific beats that jumped out to us in particular. So watch the episode first. Now we get into the recap. Uh, very briefly, everybody is slowly coalescing, slowly coming together. Uh, in this episode, Diego and Five, along with Lila, who we now know is the handler's daughter, um, oh, kind of man. adopted daughter. We get a little bit of yeah. an origin story. Well, for when her you kill episode. somebody's parents, you have to raise their child. That's just the you know code. How many? That's kids, the assassin's code. How yeah. many kids do you have now, Pete? Twenty. I'm not uh, legally allowed to talk about that. All right, fair enough. Nice. Uh, the, again, very normal people type thing of do. Uh, so 
in this episode, Lila, Diego, and Five are all trying to track down Reginald Hargreaves. They do so at a big party where, surprise, surprise, we find the inspiration for Mom the Robot as oh. well is there dating Reginald Hargreaves. Oh, Lots of stuff going on. We find out more about him, about the secret organization. Are they behind the Kennedy assassination? I guess we're going to have to find out. Lots of things going on there. Uh, and Lila makes a big choice by the end of the episode when she defends Five on the orders of her mother instead of Diego leaving him to fight the Swedes by himself. Meanwhile, Luther hits rock bottom in this episode. Uh, loses his apartment. Well, he hits rock bottom yeah, and he, he bounces right into some sweet, sweet drug highs. Well, oh, yeah. and barbecue. Don't forget the barbecue. That that was some good eating right there. That Re- really was some good looking barbecue. And he gets to uh, bond again with Allison. He hasn't seen her. They bump into each other at the barbecue place, get a bunch of uh, sweet reunions there. And uh, speaking of sweet Sweet reunions. Uh, Vanya decides, you know what? If the world is going to end, which she finds out the world is going to end this episode, she's going to head back. She's going to be with Sissy. And uh, surprise, surprise, uh, there's a little bit of a relationship going on there. Uh, yes. When the Carl is away, the sissies will play. Is that what the expression is like? Uh, yes, that exactly. That is the expression. Definitely word for word. repeat that. Definitely yes. repeat that. Uh, and while everybody else is uh, either hitting rock bottom or rock top, I guess, uh, Klaus Falls off the wagon, hits up a liquor store, gets wasted, finds his cult has gotten back into his house. They're after him. He's dealing with a lot of stuff as well. So everybody's uh, kind of on all of their own paths. But one of the things to kick it off that I know we talked about a lot with the first season, or at least I talked a lot about with the first season, is uh, this episode... Versus first season episodes had a really strong sense of theme, I thought, which I really appreciated. What do you guys think about this one? Uh, I just wanted to say it starts off with London, England, 1993, and it felt so far away. The 90s haven't felt that far away in a long time. It was just kind of crazy to be like, oh, my God, the 90s. Um, maybe it's just the time that we're living in, but I just like, for some reason, seeing that, like kind of the way it's portrayed, uh, really hit me. I was like, oh, wow, that was a lifetime ago. I guess I agree with Pete. The theme of this episode is Pete's getting old. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Thanks for pointing that out. Yeah. Yeah. That's, it seems like that's where you, you were pointing that out. If I remember a minute ago, Uh, that's what you were when you're old. You know what I mean? Yeah. True. I don't know. I was born in 2002. Anyway, let's continue. Okay, uh, Justin, you were going to say what you thought about this episode. Yes. Um, I like this episode a lot. It, it, the the second season of this show is punishing the characters in a similar manner to what they did in the first season, but they're doing a better job at it. Like we see, like we said, Luther hits rock bottom here. Diego cannot get a win in his life. Um, and it's you feel when he sees his mom and it's again, a disappointment for him. It, that hurts a little bit when he gets rejected by, um, by Layla, that hurts me even more. Like it's over and over again. We, we have that happening and it's still it, but it's much better than it was last season. I think also Klaus hit rock bottom too. Uh, you know, he tried to reach out, got punched in the face by the love of his life, then fell off the wagon after three years of being sober, you know, uh, so, yeah, a lot of kind of uh, main characters being down. and But all that being said, there's still a lot of amazing things that happen in this episode that give you kind of hope. And uh, they have kind of like, as soon as you start to hear like music in an episode, I don't know about you guys, but I get real excited. Like, oh, it's about to go down. And like, 
the Klaus music in the uh, liquor store was hysterical. And then, like, um, the fight kind of one track shot with that uh, song. Really just some great use of music, and I never get bored of it in this show. They do such an amazing job. And just a heads up to people out there, uh, you can't actually drink liquor in a liquor store. Um, no, it's in, they, no, you can, it's in the name. Well, that's what you, you they frown on you if you open a bottle while you're shopping and start tugging on the bottle a little bit. They they usually uh, you get in trouble for that. Wait, are you trying to say that like if you're in a grocery store, you can't eat the food as you're shopping? <laughs> yeah, you got to pay for it and then you can eat it. Uh, I'm pretty sure as long as you're like, I'm going to pay for this or at least what. No, I think what over. you're thinking of, uh, you know, being from upstate New York and Wegmans, you're a kid, you're part of the cookie program, you get one free cookie when you walk in the, the store. The cookie program? But, you know, you can't, you can't no, just don't do blast that. Past that. Explain the cookie yeah. program. Well, uh, it, it, it's it like the football cookies. movie, The Program, except for <laughs> cookies. <laughs> uh, yeah, you could get a free cookie if you were a kid, if you walked into Wegmans. It was oh, okay. They actually times. do the same thing at Whole Foods. Uh, if you go over to the help counter, if you're a kid, they'll give you a snack. Oh, wow. Yeah. Again, if you walk into any grocery store, most everything's free <laughs> until you get to checkout. I, I, I don't know why you guys Everything are saying... <laughs> it's just it's part of the thing. It's like a buffet. It's just like just the, I, I, totally honestly though, that always bothers me when I'm walking through a grocery store and I see people with a sack of grapes and they're just like popping the grapes into their mouths. That's weird. Don't do that. Honestly, um, it drives me crazy too. I really when people yes, I hate when people are even like in my um, my kids will be like, oh, I want that, and I'm like, you have to wait, and they're like, wait Ooh. for what? It's here. <laughs> we have this. I'm like, it's in my head. Purchase it. Why can't yeah. I put it? But you don't yeah. do that? You don't like, uh, you're going to buy something, you pop it open, kind of mow on it a little bit? I mean, despite the fact that I just said I did that all the time, I would never in a million years do that in an actual real life. How about the bulk candy? Come on. You can't tell me growing up no. you didn't partake in the bulk candy. Yeah, the bulk candy, bit. you just, you flip open the lid, stick your face right in, everything <laughs> yeah, out of your mouth is free. What are you talking about out. the bulk? No, you, that is, don't touch that stuff. Unless you have like multiple gloves. The bag. Okay, all right. Let's say you're in the donut section. You put three donuts in the bag. You eat the fourth one, right? Come on. Hold on. Hold on a second, Pete. Because all you've talked about when it comes to grocery stores is the cookie program, the donut counter, and the bulk candy area. <laughs> what? So, like, you're supposed I don't know, to eat for free. I don't know if you know what shopping is. Like, there's a whole <laughs> section where they have fruit and vegetables what? called produce. Yeah. Who would want to eat that stuff? Yeah. <laughs> Your food pyramid looks like a snow-capped mountain, except it's all sugar on the top. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, let's keep talking about Klaus uh, since we're hitting that. Uh, like you said, I think since there's a lot of... Since we've hit rock bottom, let's talk about these other <laughs> Let's talk about Klaus. Uh, there's so many great Klaus scenes in this episode. Uh, my favorite line that I wrote down, Klaus trying to teach a lesson to Alice and uh, tells her yes. the parable of the frog and the scorpion. And she straight up calls him on it. And it was like, what, what is this lesson here? He's like, That's a great uh, frogs story, are bitches. Though. Frogs are bitches is a great line. <laughs> Well, and I love that in because in that story, the the lesson there is don't trust the scorpion. But in his version of it, he's the scorpion, which I I thought that was so funny, mm-hmm. so smart. Um, and he says their whole family are all scorpions. Like such a great joke. I also love the way he kind of uh, dragged out the bargaining, the back and forth with the money. Uh, I I thought that was a great story, and he told it really well. I've heard that many uh, before, but not so well done. 
Well, and uh, Pete, you mentioned, I believe you mentioned the scene with Dave where he tries to tell him the truth about what's going to happen in Vietnam. He calls him on being gay, essentially outing him to the restaurant, to potentially to his father. Uh, and yeah. his father ultimately says, hit the queer, and he does Ooh. it, and he punches Klaus in the face. Um, we were talking a couple of episodes back with Allison and how well or not the show has been dealing with the civil rights movement. Uh, I think they do a great job here dealing with LGBT closeted issues, both through Klaus and also Vanya and Sissy in this episode uh, in a way that they just really didn't tackle at all in the first season. And it's great to see here. Yeah, and it's also nice that it doesn't uh, overtake the rest of the story. It just is like, no, these are the characters and this is what they're dealing with. So it it doesn't have that sort of after-school special vibe that a lot of uh, TV shows might do. This is, I think, handled really well, like you said. I'm just surprised that Klaus wasn't kind of like, listen, uh, I'm from the future. You're going to go to Nam. You're going to die a horrible death. Don't do it. Peace out. Well, but the thing is, then that would ruin his actual relationship that he has with him later on. Well, he, he wants fully... him. He's trying to intervene so he doesn't go to Vietnam so he can live a, a better life, you know? So he's already sacrificing the relationship by intervening. So if you're going to yeah. do it, you know. That's true. Uh, but I, I don't know. I feel like he hasn't fully cho- chosen the path he wants to take here. Right. Uh, I mean, they're they're not great about time travel. Any of the members of the Umbrella Academy, like they're very Truth. loose with the timeline. Uh, this is a little bit of a side thing, but does it weird anybody else out that he is a little attracted to a younger version of him? Or is that uh, being? He, he, just- I think he's just trying to save him since he's stuck in this timeline uh-huh. and he knows he's there. I don't think it's about like. I think it's his attraction is when they were in Vietnam. He's just trying to save the younger self. You know, I don't sure really- that makes sense. Yeah. And I don't find the I don't find the attraction to be like overtly sexual. I think yeah. it's a little bit more nostalgic and a little bit more this person I love. Like seeing the person you love as a younger person, I also think is there's something magical about that. And I think that's obviously because of the way time works, very hard to do. Yeah. Well, let's move to the other relationships we mentioned then, which is Sissy and Vanya. Vanya, as we uh, ran down, decides to go back and spend time with the family. Uh, Some big stuff goes down in this episode where uh, Vanya says maybe she's going to need to leave. Um, uh, Harlan? Is it Harlan is the kid? Harlan. Harlan. Yeah. this is sorry. I'm looking through my notes here. Uh, this is the episode where he runs away, right? I'm not getting that yeah, wrong. Yeah, yes. jumps yes. in the water. Okay, and- yes. They find they see that he's gone. Vanya goes, and I, as soon as I saw that pond, I was like, she's going to pick up that pond. Oh, I yeah, knew so- that pond was going in the air. And then Sissy's like, "Hey, Vanya, I saw the pond hovering over the farm, and I wanted to come check out and see what you were up to." <laughs> oh, Harlan's alive. Good. How did Harlan drown himself so quickly? That's what I want to know. Really quickly. Super drowning himself. I feel like he did a full open mouth dive. Yeah, when you just dove in. I'm trying to drown right away. Ate a couple of rocks first, just in case. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, Uh, It is hard. I I mean, emotionally, though, for Vanya, this scene with Harlan is a lot about her finally getting control of her powers, which is a great thing to see. I mean, that's been a whole... Emotional yeah. arc, and even if it took a very soap opera amnesia twist to get there, I do really like the fact that Vanya is taking a different path this season. 
Yeah, I'm excited about that. I'm also excited about the fact that the brothers didn't, they were kind of nice and open to her. You know what I mean? Uh, especially even with Luther kind of being at rock bottom, he was honest with her, unlike number five, and was like, yeah, you caused that. You know, but still uh, talking about family and, and trying to include her, I thought was a great way to kind of start this uh, a new kind of uh, chapter in their relationship. But also it was very interesting when Vanya, you know, the little kid was dead and then like kind of parts of her power went into him to revive him. And I'm wondering if that was just to save him or if now he's got a little bit of her powers in him. It definitely looked like something is there's there will be consequences from what happens there. Yeah. Um, and uh, we uh, I don't know what they are. I mean, I haven't watched ahead. So I'm curious to see what that will be. But I that filled me with a little bit of dread. Mm. Ooh. Uh, I wanted to get back to something that Pete said, though, about the conversation with Luther and Vanya, because I think that crystallizes something that's very different about this season. The first season, all of it was them blaming their trauma, blaming their problems on their father and not owning any of it. This season is a lot about them owning their issues, owning the mistakes that they've made. Because the first time around, the first season, they caused the apocalypse. So whenever they're talking about it, they're like, we did it again. Not the first time who did it again. It's somebody else's fault. Them understanding that they made the mistakes. And I think you're absolutely right that the scene with Luther and Vanya is wonderful, both the way that they play it and the way that it's written. Um, Because when you watch that scene or scenes in the first season where Luther is blocking everybody from taking Vanya out of the tank, it feels wrong. So that he has gotten to a place emotionally where he can own that, I think is great. And even if he is at rock bottom, uh, it really shows progress for the character. Maybe if you push through rock bottom, there's another top. Because mm. I think that I think about that. I think that Luther is, despite how bad everything seems for him, he is a better person than he was previous to this. Like he's more open, more honest and more willing to accept sort of the world around them. Like we're talking about. And also a nice kind of like moment where, you know, Luther's at his place and his boss kind of bursts in and was like, you were like a son to me. And to kind of see Luther Luther's face break a little bit, because uh, he was trying to re uh, kind of have this father son relationship with that mobster guy was very kind of cool. Jack Ruby again, it's Jack Ruby. He's a very famous character in history. Very famous historical person. Cool, 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 cool. I believe he was in The Sopranos. That's how famous he is. He is. Yeah. Is he going to be in the prequel movie? Yeah, I think so. Got to cover him. Many Saints of Newark. That's what it's called, right? Yeah. Yeah, there you go. Wait, wow. was he? Because uh, Kirby was that famous like um, uh, video game. Was that he was named after that? Was that no? Jack no, you're Ron? thinking. Okay, so you're first of all, you're mistaking Jack Kirby and Jack Ruby, <laughs> and you're also mistaking Kirby and Jack Kirby. We're talking about Jack Ruby, uh, the oh, guy okay. who bad, shot Lee Harvey Oswald. What's really nice is when you work with people as long as we have, we can see how the mistakes are made in a way that is that was like that was like a, a Christopher Nolan movie level mistake, and Alex saw it right from the beginning. So that's a beautiful. I do want to talk about Sissy and Vanya, though, uh, because they get together this episode. Uh, not to call you guys out, it was so funny to me that I, I think it was the first episode or the second episode where they kind of lightly touch heads, and both of you guys were like, what? No, nothing's going on there. It, 
Yes, something is going on there. Uh, what do you think about this relationship, though? What do you think about this moving forward? Well, given that you were both so against it to begin with. Well, first off, <laughs> Sissy's like monologue about her life uh, getting smaller and smaller and being trapped in this kind of like loveless marriage was so hot, heartbreaking. And to see kind of Vanya like tearing up. That was like one of those kind of like actor moments where you had to really appreciate uh, the kind of artistry that was happening. That was so moving. And that kiss was so well earned and kind of really magical. Uh, Yeah, I was kind of surprised that I didn't see that coming and uh, kind of feel like an idiot now. So thank you, Sal, for pointing that out. Anytime. Happy to just Uh, really drive it in. Yeah, I think I mean, it's hard to really trust any relationships in this show to be good going forward. And especially the whole Carl uh, of it all and whatever is going to happen with Carl. So I I, I worry for this relationship. But in the the moment, I think it's very sweet. Yeah, I think it's really well done. I also uh, watching it happen. I personally feel like. Uh, Ellen Page and I'm blanking on the name of the actress who plays Sissy clearly have more chemistry than uh, Vanya and Letter did in the first season. So both yeah. on the level of uh, the acting level, but also the plot level, it just there's so much. You're, you're absolutely right about the danger there. You know, the, she is cheating on her husband. Uh, that's not good in any aspect. But uh, just for Vanya, I feel so much better for her to be in a relationship with a person who's good. Versus Leonard, who just from the get-go was just the absolute worst. The worst, yeah. Yeah, I guess he's bad because he murdered every bunch of people sure, and sure, is sure, a sociopath yeah. and a uh, liar, uh, uh, pathological liar, been lying to her the whole time. Yeah. So if you stack those relationships next to each other, <laughs> yeah, I think I can see why this one is better. Uh, I also want to mention, this is a total side note, but since we're talking about Leonard, uh, the actor who plays him is in a movie called Overlord that I watched recently, uh, which uh-huh. is great. Like, it's a awesome, I don't want to tell you anything about it, horror movie, but it was so funny watching that. And see him come on screen and be like, oh, that's Leonard. He's the worst. Oh, boo, Leonard. But then the character was actually good. I was like, oh, okay. I guess I guess he's not Leonard all the time. That's I, fine. I don't know if I could watch another movie and trust him. I, I don't know. He's so good and so creepy as Leonard. I don't know if I could do it. Yeah. Yeah. Once you Leonard, you can't go back. Yeah. Yeah, That's what they that. all say. Uh, we talked about Luther a little bit. I'm not sure there's anything else to say. Oh, oh well, there's definitely we could talk about his re- reunion with Allison because that's yeah, that's what I want to talk about. Go ahead, Pete. plus Luther getting that nitrous high. Well, yeah, we're gonna get to that. Let's build to it. But uh, the fact that like he has just got like four different plates set out at a barbecue. Oh, that was just so magical. I mean, when you go to a barbecue place, you want to sample all the things that they do mm-hmm. well there, and so it was really cool to see him kind of spread out with all of his food. But the kind of and like let me a- just say real quick on that, Pete. Like I love uh, watching TV shows not through your eyes, but through your stomach because <laughs> that's, I feel like you watch TV shows with your whole body, and I appreciate that about you. Oh well, thanks, man. But uh, he's got a face full of sauce, and he finally like kind of sees Allison, and it's this fun moment of like, oh god, and he like wipes off his face. But there. That hug and the way they shot that was so nice where, like, everyone disappeared in the shot and it was just those two for, like, a second. And then it went back to it. Says so much about those two and gives me a lot of hope. But also when they sit down and catch up and go through the rundown, that was just so hilarious. Classic post-breakup conversation. You know, like, hey, how's Klaus? In a cult. 
Yeah, yeah, saw that yeah. coming. You know, uh, you know, how's Diego? Eh, he's in a nut house. Okay, all right. But it was just a fun kind of catch up. Um, and I just, and it was also really hilarious. I was like, oh, oh, also, we did it again. World's going to end in seven days. You know, like, very funny. This definitely did a lot to sell me on the relationship, which I wasn't totally sold on in season one. Um, they, I don't know, just Emmy, uh, what's her name? Emmy Raver Lampman, uh, actress who plays Allison. It just seems so much lighter and into it this season than she was the last season. Uh, just everything about her character is working better. And like we were talking about, uh, dude who plays Luther also just seems coming from a better direction here. So there was something about, I, I was very removed. Like I couldn't quite hook into it and I wanted to in the first season because there's supposed to be this uh, star crossed lovers type thing, but here I got it, you know, and, they, yeah. and it worked. And like you're saying, Pete, the way it was shot and that's great to see. Yeah. It was also interesting. Like her struggle with their powers this season is very interesting because it's like more of when I use it, everything goes wrong. And it was so yeah. well exemplified when she used it to save her husband. And then her husband thinks she's a rat, which makes sense because how else could she get away from that situation? You know, I just don't know why she didn't open up to him and be like, listen, I got fucking superpowers. All right, let's keep this relationship going. But I think her whole thing is her power has been a burden to her for yeah. so much. And so she doesn't want to use it. And when she uses it, it, it sort of really monkey paws the situations that she's in. Yeah. Uh, Pete, I, I don't want you to forget about this. You wanted to talk about Luther and Elliot getting high on nitrous. Yeah. Okay. So <laughs> only reason to be a dentist, free nitrous, man. I mean, come on. That was just hysterical. Really how fun. Is de- how is dental school going, Pete? Uh, it's not good. It's not good. Um, yeah, you can't use the nitrous until first off on yourself, and secondly until you're a dentist. Yeah. Also, yeah, I'm going to argue stickler. the whole free nitrous thing. <laughs> I, I feel like dentists have to pay for it. I feel like it's not distributed by uh, central nitrous or anything like that. Well, yeah, that's the big thing. dentist I mean, you can kind of like you make up the cost. You know what oh, I mean? Sure. Like a two dollars every person who comes in to clean their teeth. It pays itself back. We all know when you get a nitrous tank, it's a deposit. And then as uh, you know, you get that it's money an back slowly. Yeah, yeah it's yeah, like yeah. a keg. Exactly. Yeah. It's just like a keg. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. Why buy single serving cans of nitrous when you can get a, a big one and do a full on nitrous stand? Yeah. Yeah. You know, handing out balloons, making sure kids are, you know, not hitting their heads on the road when they fall down and pass out. You know, stuff like that. You got to got to keep it safe. Um, <laughs> wow. You just opened up a history of nitrous <laughs> use that I don't even understand what you're talking about. <laughs> well, it's uh, yeah, they call it hippie crack. And, uh, you know, it's a uh, it's a lot of fun, but can get you in trouble. Anyways, I thought it was just hysterical, the kind of bonding that he did with that guy, even though the guy was so creeped out uh, by Luther and like almost touched him a couple of times and just really funny the way he's like, you know, they're like, oh, you think that's bad? Look, this is what happened to me. This is what happened to me. And they're laughing and laughing, having a good time. And then he's kind of like in that nitrous voice, like, don't worry, everyone's going to die in seven days. Really hysterical. Yeah, I like that scene as well because it it showed that Luther, who always bears the responsibility of being a hero, uh, perhaps too much, and it feels like he's fully let go of it here to the point where it's like clearly a problem, like that he's able to talk about it in front of this person without feeling like they need to be doing something about it. 
Uh, I do want to jump over to the end of the episode before we start to wrap up here. We talked about Diego a little bit and uh, being betrayed by Lila. They have a nice dance at this party with the mariachi band. Uh, But the big thing that we get is we find out about this Majestic 12. We find out that maybe they're behind Roswell or something like that. Um, They've clearly got a lot of things going on. Five almost gets caught. Um, But we get this great fight at the end particularly this amazing shot, this tracking shot, as Diego fights one of the Swedes down a hallway. And the thing I found so surprising about this, um, I assumed when I watched it the first time that, you know, it was uh, pieced together in post or something like that. But they filmed it, apparently. I saw an interview with the guy who played Diego, and they legit blocked that whole thing out. It was so tricky, apparently, to do. But they actually did that whole tracking stop window fight scene, and that's awesome. I mean, that's the sort of like uh, the dare I feel like a lot of people who make TV specifically uh, give to themselves is like, can we do one of these long tracking shots, it, fight sequences that are so badass that I, I feel like Daredevil. Uh, yeah, that's why you said dare, of, because I immediately thought of Daredevil, like hallway yeah. shots where they. And I didn't say it was punishing, but I also thought of the Punisher. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Yeah. Nice. And they were very caged in like Luke Cage. Oh! Yeah, Jones. and they had a nice. Jones for it, like Jessica Jones. Wow! Uh-huh. All right, you got yeah. it. and they got fisted like Iron Fist. Oh! You know what I'm talking yeah, about? That's oh, where they bring up Iron Fist. There's no reason. <laughs> well, to that's that what up. watching that is. What that felt like? Yeah, an Iron Fist. Uh, what do you think about this? Re- these revelations with the Majestic Twelve and adding in the fact that Five at the end shouts at Greek at Reginald Hargreaves and he just ignores him and drives off. Wait, wait, wait. Just I want to back up the truck a little bit here. So we mm. have this moment where, uh, you know, uh, D- they're all at the party and uh, Diego's maybe girlfriend is like, oh, our song. And she drags him in by his tie and the smile on his face is just so magical. And then they're dancing and she yells switch and they kind of switch who's leading. I just, I yeah. really am rooting for this relationship. I know that, what? like, she's a train killer and, like, you know, is there to protect She betrays five. him in this episode. I know, but I'm <laughs> she still, leaves him she to doesn't die. kill him, though. Her mom, her mom was like, you know, if you're sad, kill Diego. That'll make you feel better. But she says no. And she dances I guess, with him, yeah. and there is a not, connection there. Not killing cool. someone, not killing your partner is the baseline of a lot of great relationships. Exactly. So my, mine included so far. Yeah. Um, Congrats, by the way. Yeah, thank you. Uh, and it's funny, you say, my wife always wants to lead when we are dancing. Aww. You have to be like, no, let me do it. I. This is the way this <laughs> dance goes. You should goes, lead a little bit. She does, and Good. she can't help it. So, like... Um, I'm so happy to just that lead, man. I just I refuse I'm, to I'm dance. happy to be the ginger Rogers. I refuse Rogers. to dance. That's how we get around the argument. Yeah. Like, yeah. Smart. Yeah. No yeah. thanks. Uh fun at weddings. Um yes. uh but taking it back all the way to the to talk about the Lila character um is she going is she redeemable as a character? I mean, we see this whole montage of she's been trained from uh being a child to be an assassin. She's completely at the whim of um of the commissioner there and uh, she murders, she turns her prom into a murder prom. Oh, which that's no fun. Yeah. I'm sure a lot of people wanted to do that, Uh, but perfect use of the blood and the umbrella there. But I think that though uh, Diego and her are perfect together, you know, they're both really weirdly trained, very physical people. Uh, But if they give each other a chance, I think that, that there can be real magic there, but that, I really lost it when Diego was like, come on, mofo, let me see what you got. And just like 
oh, that the fight sequences was great. Uh, I, I'm really impressed. What sucked was I watched this episode twice and I put the subtitles up because I was really dying to know what number five yelled uh, to his soul uh, dad there. And I, I it, it doesn't translate. It won't tell you what yeah, he said. It just says pr- uh, something in Greek and that's it. Yeah. It's very frustrating because I'm like, if you had like a second to yell to your dad, I mean, what would you yell? And like, I, it's driving me. I'm hoping that they talk about that later. It's crazy that no one's been able to translate Greek. Yeah. Ever. <laughs> Ever. Very uh, difficult. This, this is kind of a weird end to the episode, I think, particularly given that I like the episode so much. The, and the Reginald Hargreaves stuff in general, it, I don't know. I, I'm going back. I know I've talked about this before. I have watched the whole season. But definitely at this point, it felt like we need to get something here. Because the two times we've encountered him so far, he's been like, I'm not part of this narrative. Goodbye. <laughs> and yeah. Also, and that's keeps frustrating to, to watch. He keeps trying to stab his own sons. It's twice. But I think he's trying to stay away from them purposefully. It feels mm-hmm. intentional to me the way that this episode ended, where he is aware of what's going on. Oh. Yeah, that seems fair. That seems like a fair guess. Uh, and if we want to keep guessing, I also thought... Since we know that the, this world ends um, with some uh, Soviet troops invading Dallas, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like the conversation um, – I think that maybe the Majestic 12 is a red herring, and it's more about the conversation that Klaus was having to Dave and Dave's dad there saying the Vietnam War is not worth fighting. Like if that kind of gets out and that America doesn't commit to the Vietnam War and – What's the uh, uh, what happens? What everyone was worried about happening, and then that's why the Soviets are invading oh, America. Wow. That to me felt like an interesting little um, the way that that conversation went with Klaus. One of the things that I really like about that see this season at this point, at this early point, to what you're saying, Justin, is. Any one of the members of the Umbrella Academy could cause things to go horribly wrong. All of them are messing with the timeline in different ways. It could all come together in a neat conclusion where they've all caused it in their own separate ways or individually. Like you're saying, it could be Klaus's fault. It could be Five's fault messing with Reginald Hargreaves. It could be Luther mixing it up with Jack Ruby. Like there's a million different ways this could go wrong. And technically it's... Ruby Tuesdays. It's another nonsensical thing you're saying. Um, I do think that uh, <laughs> Kirby Tuesdays. Uh, I do think that um, it maybe it's sort of fun if it is all of them. Like the mm-hmm. last season, it was Vanya, and she was the problem that they had to sort of come together and fix. And in this, it's the opposite. It's everyone else is causing the problem, and Vanya, who just wants to farm. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, what's nice about this season is we're getting a little bit of. Uh, more information about their family dynamically. We got Pogo. Now we finally got mom uh, to see how mom kind of fits in the picture. So that was, that was very exciting. Uh, I mean, I can't believe Diego walked up to her and was like, mom? Like she was very like, strong back to the future vibes. Yeah. Uh, yes. Yeah. Going on there. Which, um, which that's I thought a good was cool. inspiration to have. I think they're, I'm not usually a fan of so blatantly referencing something, but I think they're doing a good job of working in the back to the future stuff. And, it's a good inspiration for them. They're doing a, a nice job of channeling the tone of the movies. What did you think about the revelation that the Swedes um, are excellent cater waiters? Mm. <laughs> Do you feel like that's well, going to be? I just generally assume all cater waiters are trained killers. Oh, yeah. 
I've, so yeah, track. seen too many action exactly. movies to know, like, not don't trust a cater waiter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They've don't got trust another that. I mean, that's agenda. True. They have other things going on in their yeah. lives. And Swedish, Swedes aren't known for being, like, a warm people. Mm-hmm. So, like... Have you uh, ever been to Ikea? Ooh. Yeah, oh, chili. Dude, oh, my God. I, I worked in a Scandinavian restaurant for uh, many years, and so um, I know that for a fact. Oh. What was your favorite dish at the restaurant? Little um, meatballs? Uh, the, the Gravlax, um, sure. which was very good. Um, uh, I mean, it's a, the, the restaurant was Aquavit, very famous oh, yeah. uh, Scandinavian <laughs> restaurant. Very famous restaurant. The most famous Scandinavian restaurant. Marcus Samuelson was a chef um, there when I was there. Um, Do they make and- garbage plates? <laughs> they, they they make something called a smorgasbord, which is in some ways a, a, a high class garbage plate. Ooh, okay. Because it has herring, a meatball, gravlax. Um, truly, my favorite thing. What is, is the a gravlax? I'm just picturing gravel and locks together. It's not. Yeah, that's how most food works. <laughs> Compound words. Uh, it's like smoked salmon without the smoke. Basically, it's Ooh. cured salmon. Whenever I made. get that, whenever I get uh, some smoked salmon at a restaurant, I'm like, "Hey, run it through the road for me." You know what I'm talking about? I want some ground yeah. locks. There's no, there's no gravel in here. Yeah. Uh-huh. Before we wrap up here, who gets top marks Ooh, this episode, Pete? One. Who gets top marks Ooh. at the old Umbrella Pod Academy? This is this is a tough one. A lot of great moments here. We even had Klaus uh, quoting TLC, which was amazing. That Toad story was really great. But uh, I'm going to have to give it to Diego's girlfriend in this episode. Lila. We got, we got to Lila. see how she was raised. And, um, uh, yeah, her fight sequences are, are really great, too. So I've been really impressed I'm sur- with her. I'm really surprised you like her so much because she strikes me as a character who you don't like because she's lying. You are very, you're very, very earnest but man. I'm, I want to believe she's that she has a heart. I want to believe she has a heart of gold and that she's actually pulling for Diego. Uh, she seems pretty into not pulling for him. <laughs> she well, she, let, she, she left him to him. die. No, no. I mean, it was only two guys. Diego can handle two Swedes. Come on. Wow, really? And I know I was disrespecting the Swedish people a moment ago, but. You gotta, you gotta, those Swedes, they can drink first off. Um, I can tell you that much. Um, uh, Justin, you got one? Yes. I'm going to give it up for, I mean, Klaus is the one I loved watching the most this episode. So uh, I got to give it to him. Pete sort of already said these things, but the uh, Frog and the Scorpion story really got oh. me. Klaus, of all the characters, they all this season do such a great job of wearing their emotions on their sleeve. Um, and I think Klaus specifically um, has from the very beginning of this show, and it's just great to see it continue on. And he's looking good. Uh, the long hair suits him. Like, keep it up, yeah. Klaus. I've seen this episode twice, and that liquor store scene is worth it alone to go back and revisit. Wow. All right. Uh, I, man, I wanted to give it up for Klaus as well for the Frogs or Bitches I knew line. It. Um, I but I feel like I should come up with something else just because you we should. all went Klaus. You should. So you should. I, I should. I'm going to say Luther, actually, then. Uh, nice. I think this yeah. is a good episode for him. I really Great enjoyed his scenes. Funny stuff. Like mm-hmm. Pete talked about, the nitro scene was fun. The barbecue scene was fun. Uh, I talked about his relationship with Allison and how sweet it was this episode. Um, he's a character that I didn't love in the first season that I'm really coming to around to this season. And... Uh, uh, that's great. That's improvement. That's exciting. I mean, the fact that you got to say my dad left me on the moon was just hysterical. That was fun stuff. Yeah. Yeah. 
All right. If you'd like to support this podcast and other podcasts, we do patreon.com slash comic book club. Also, we do a live show every Tuesday night at 7 p.m. at Crowdcast and YouTube. Come hang out, chat with us about the Umbrella Academy socially at Podcademy on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, iTunes, Android, Spotify, Stitcher, or the app of your choice to subscribe and listen to the show. Leave us a comment. We like those two, uh, particularly positive comments. Those are much nicer. Comicbookclublive.com <laughs> for this podcast and many more. Until next Next time, we'll see you at the Podcademy. Well, it sounds like someone's having some nitrous over there. <laughs>